You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's poppin' everybody? Hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host. Here with me today is my brother Jay, who will be in every episode. Yeah, yeah, you're the host again. I get it. It's fine. It's I think fine. There, there is like two, mm-hmm. there are two people over on the Patreon who are currently just pulling levers. Yeah, Dola and Emily have this like weird um, like monopoly on the the voting system <laughs> at the moment. It's just sort of like whatever they feel. I think at the moment there is one in each camp. Oh, so, okay. So they're sort of canceling each other out. And as long as that's the case, everyone else's votes actually account for what they should account for. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. As, mm-hmm. as a reminder, we do have a tier over on uh, Patreon for patreon.com slash popcorn culture, where you can purchase 100 votes to help determine uh, each week's uh, host hostmanship. Uh, otherwise any of the other tiers just give you a, a single vote uh, towards that same, that same discussion. But. And, for the longest time, it has been largely irrelevant. And largely. Here lately, it's just been pure chaos. It has been pure chaos over here. I will say, though, if you do sign up uh, at the $25 tier, that's the merch tier, where you get the cool exclusive merch, which uh, admittedly, we have been a little behind on because like COVID has caused slowdown productions basically everywhere. However, we have wonderful news on that front because the moleskin notebooks, which I think are the most recent yeah, <laughs> item. Yeah, the most recent item. The most recent the, item. Yeah. Uh, are actually already here and should already be on their way to you. So you sh- you may you might have them already by the time you're listening to this. If you're a Patreon at the exclusive, mer- if you're a patron at the exclusive merch tier, and and we received extra good news this week that the vinyl records at long last have been pressed and are on their way to us. So those should be getting shipped out next week. I know. And I'm so, I am so excited about this because yeah. we announced these for Q4 of 2021, mm-hmm. meaning we, we would have first started talking about them like 
circa October 1st, 2021, yeah. Yeah. which means that we are like a mere like three weeks away from it having been a full year since idea conception. Yeah. It's like, ha- has been there. And now we're going to come in just under the wire. The production cycle has been so frustrating because it like everything was all systems go right out of the gate. And then we just like train wrecked and it was, that was unbearable. So thank well, you everyone for your patience. First it, of all, the thing is too, is that it's like, I mean, this is happening just all sorts of everywhere. Like yeah. we, we sort of talked a little bit about how, uh, when we were having the vinyl records produced, we ran into this like very unusual problem, which was that Adele had purchased 1 million vinyl records for her latest album which basically bought up like all of the inventory of every single vinyl record manufacturer like in the united states or something yeah, i mean it was yeah, it's it, like it wasn't like oh yeah a million like you one giant record printing company can handle that volume right it was like actually actually no you're probably going to need to outsource like several others and by several others i meant like like all of them. Yes. And yeah. by all of them, it's like, maybe that's not actually that many places. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Yeah. So we've, we've run into, we've run into a situation with that. I know that when we were printing our hoodies, I think it was Q3 of last year, which were the, um, the lithograph hoodies that had like an entire episode mm, of, of yes. like text on it. Uh, those were in production when that manufacturer got like a massive order from, I think it was Budweiser, um, yep. And so they went in and like took over a massive amount of it. So this this is just it, and it's happened to us through. It seems like everything we come to on on like popcorn culture exclusive merch ends up just apparently being a thing elsewhere. Apparently, so, being a, so we are, we've got our finger on the pulse. Is what on you're the saying pulse, on the pulse on the pulse. You know what else happened was with the playing cards, which are also. Uh, motion is happening there as well. I feel like we had all these stalls and now everything's like converging at once. I know. Yeah. Um, so our office right now is like shipping, sh- headquarters. shipping headquarters. There are boxes and like containers and tape and shipping labels. It's yeah. just like Kat and Ethan came in this morning and they were like, I'm sore. I know. Like <laughs> shout out to Kat and Ethan who have become like logistics experts overnight uh, yeah. shipping out all the journals and the records and stuff. So well done uh, to you guys. The the thing that got in the way of the playing cards was Lord of the Rings, who I believe were prepping for their new show, The Rings of Power. Yes, and yeah. so they were working, uh, they they ended up doing a collaboration with the King's Wild Project, yeah. uh, who was slated, and like we had like everything all in order to like do it, and they were like, hey, um, um, well, so Lord of the Rings, and it was like... Like, oh uh, yeah, the most oh, expensive you, production ever made, okay. You, you mean the TV show that cost one billion one with a billion B. with the B dollars. Have you watched it? I have not watched you it. You have not yet. watched it? I have it? not watched it. Okay. But I'm dying to know what more than $999 million worth of money can make. I mean, I watched the first episode uh, last night. Okay. Me and Beth did. Yeah, we've got like we got this big like a big list of things we're sort of working through. We finally finished Ozark, which I sort of felt was this like we started it when we didn't have anything to watch, and then we were like so into it. And it's like this show ended a while ago, but it's also like a roadblock for watching everything else because right. we're so into it. Yeah, uh, yep. and then like the backlog filled up, so now we've got like a bunch of shows we're watching. But we started um, Rings of Power last night, which only has two episodes out right now. We watched the first episode last night, um, and I have to say like. 
cinematically, it is awesome. Oh yeah, like, I mean, it is. That's I mean, what, you wouldn't expect anything yeah. less from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah the like, if you're going to spend a billion dollars on it, and that's going to be public information, and the original movies, which were made like twenty plus years ago, were as amazing and cinematic as they were, and changed everything. Like, yeah, you better come to play. And so, visually, extremely stunning all around. Okay, I would say plot. I would say. Um, at least for the first episode, they are getting their butts whooped by House of the Dragon, oh. which is like like the entire time we're watching House of the Dragon, I'm just like, oh my god, oh wow, yeah, oh, and then that, oh, what's gonna happen? Like, I'm like, me and Beth are like so engaged with that show, and this was just like, yeah, our, yeah, oh, man, okay, there's some, oh, okay, some elf politics happening. Okay, this you guy know, likes that girl. Or right, yeah, all right, yeah. Well, I guess I'll probably watch the next one. <laughs> you know what though? It feels it feels very Lord of the Rings for the story to sort of like progress slowly in a way that has like very strong ultimate payoff and yeah. like longevity, like staying power in terms of like it will be good. It will take you time to get there, but it will also be immersive. And basically, like fifty years from now, you can still watch it, and people will be like, "They made this fifty years ago." That you you have you're, there's no doubt about that. Actually, I remember thinking. Me and Beth watched that man, boy. It's, it's like what what a random story. The last time we watched the Lord of the Rings trilogy was probably like four or five years ago. But even when the show like the title card, I feel like it's like this very interesting effect they had because the title card looks like it's out of the seventies or something. Sure, and it's like but actually they made this in the two thousands. So it's like in a weird way they did this cool thing where because. Just be like, I, like at least in the opening, you know, Fellowship of the Ring title card or whatever. It's like, boy, this looks like it was made even further back in time, which then in your mind makes you think like, boy, it looks even better for when they made it. Oh, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. You're absolutely right. Um, but so the other thing I was going to say that I think it's very interesting about this is that there's no doubt about it that it's kind of been this like, um, you know, fantasy race for Rings of Power versus... Yeah. Um, Oh my gosh! House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon versus what if Harry wasn't Slytherin? Oh yes, yeah. right. No, I hear that there's this little ragtag group out of Roanoke, Virginia that's yeah. currently rewriting the Harry Potter books as right. if Harry was in Slytherin, and yeah. it has just been a thrilling adventure. Uh, the, the thrill, yeah. Oh my gosh, the t- the twists never stop. Uh, they, they they just keep coming, <laughs> right? Um, right. This is, but honestly, honestly, it is embarrassing for Warner Brothers that that is the competition right now. <laughs> <laughs> like you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like like listen look look here Warner Brothers okay we can have a chat Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings are the other two biggest fantasy properties in the world and they are competing right now on streaming with shows nobody asked for okay look everyone's asking you to make a Harry Potter show and you're not even in the game right now yeah it's like what are you doing there is there is no there is no like project slated there is no like casting there it's like it's like what is going on? Like, like how how is this even po- like I am convinced that it's a coup at this point in time. Like tinfoil hat, everybody mm-hmm. place them on your foreheads. I am absolutely convinced that like the world is absolutely like like they're aware of the noise. Like and, and it's one of these things where it's like we just have to like like for some reason they have to wait. I, you yeah, know, it's like, like a certain amount there, of time. There's got to be a one sentence in one contract somewhere that's like this is the this is the date and then things can happen. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know and, when that date is. I, I, I mean, it's, it is, it is absolutely, yeah, it's, it's just like, 
it's bonkers. But um, but it's also like the more time goes on, the closer I feel like we are to it. Like so, maybe <clears throat> it's one of those things where it's like we're only like three to four years out from the announcement of the show that will be coming in two to five years. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, what if Harry was in Slytherin coming to? whatever whatever streaming service you want i have thought about this a lot though because i'd be curious to know whether or not people would find this to be enjoyable and it's it it is literally the exact premise that we've been enacting which is like taking the the narrative as you know it and placing harry and slytherin instead and like just watching it unfold yeah because one of the things that you and i've discovered as we've been going through the harry potter series in this way and of course like we're not here to write full-blown i mean it's fan fiction but like it's not full-blown fan fiction where we're like taking on such creative liberties as to throw the characters into situations that have never existed yeah we're not like making up new scenarios for them more or less like like i the way i uh, um at least especially for the first six books the way it's been is almost more like we're just sort of going through and like discovering what would happen. Yeah, we're not like trying to steer the story anywhere. Book seven, I will say, we've been working on it a lot. Definitely took the most liberties with this one, but that's because book seven happens away from Hogwarts. And so, like, it is the book where Harry himself and Ron and Hermione have to make so many like they make action happen right way more often than the other six books and that was exactly what i was going to say is like one of the things that's been so interesting about like discovering this story and, and i think that's the perfect way to phrase it is that like it's like harry the story really happens to harry like he definitely shows initiative and like you know he goes through the trap door in year one and everything like he's he's definitely like he shoulders the responsibility that he knows has been like placed upon him. But so much of the stuff that is going to happen is always going to happen the way that it happens because Harry's house at school doesn't really like impact those inevitabilities. Right. Um, And so it's, it's been like, I I guess my question is to go back to my, my original thought here is like, what because I've wondered on so many occasions, like even when the Harry Potter movies were coming out, and, and I do love them and there are like aspects of the movies that I think like that they just absolutely got right. And like, you know, it's just there's there's no way to imagine anybody but Maggie Smith playing McGonagall and and you know, it's sort of like my constant argument. But at the same rate, if they were to give us like let's say they were they were gonna say like, hey, Harry Potter's getting a billion dollar show, they're gonna remake the entire series, it's gonna be seven seasons each episode will be like a, like a chapter fully fleshed out right like they're gonna do like every single detail like down to the wire and stuff it's like it, my, my question is like do you like do you want that product and for the longest time i would have said that i did like that's exactly yeah. what i wanted was just like the books perfectly illustrated in live action form mm-hmm. but i also feel like it would be so interesting to to take that narrative in, 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 I guess the manner that we've been doing it here lately. And, and maybe it's just because it's like, and again, it goes back to that. We're discovering the story, but it's like, it's been really, really fun for me to actually go back through the Harry Potter story and like get to experience it for the first time again, but slightly differently. Yes. You know I, I agree. Mean? It, it, it really, like I, it's sort of the same effect that I feel like the Force Awakens had on a lot of people. Yeah, where it's like like you can never go back and watch A New Hope for the first time 
again. Right. But you can make it a Star Wars movie that is really similar and captures a lot of the nostalgia and hits a lot of the same beats, but also changes some things. And still, like, it's still my, like, that is still my favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's, that's the thing. It's like, you know, would it, would this be fun as a way to sort of like, get to get to experience the story of of harry potter without maybe having that like because this is the problem is that like you know you go into these fantasy worlds you you make the world inside of your head you you picture things the way that you picture things and then if the filmmakers do it differently it's kind of like it, it doesn't mean that the filmmakers did it poorly it just means that they took an interpretation in a different direction than you had the interpretation in your head and then as a result it feels jarring yeah because now it's like well i never really pictured scrimjower looking like that right you know and and it's like but so now like i can't really because you're supposed to look like a lion you know yeah like, like that. <laughs> and it's like yeah i mean He's got long hair, but like, yeah. I don't know, like, you know, I, I mean, you know, and so then, th- and then I'm thrown, then I'm taken out of it. And so it's almost like if you can, if you can have so many of the same beats, like so many of the same places, so many of the same, like inevitabilities, because the inevitabilities are what they are. Harry is still going to always, you know, find himself in the Triwizard Tournament, you right. know, for example. And it's like, like, yeah, it's like it, whether it doesn't, you know, the plot is in motion before Harry gets the Hogwarts, right? Like, you know. It, no matter what house he goes into, Voldemort's already trying to steal that stone. Right. You know, that's happening whether or not Harry even started going to Hogwarts that year. It's really just bad timing for him. I know, yeah. yeah. Voldemort, terrible planner. I mean, we've said it. Yeah. We've said it for years. He's, he's not mm-hmm. particularly great at, like, you know, putting together. He especially the fact that he's always like, hey, you know, exams are over. Feels like a good time to it. Feels like a good time. It's spring again. <laughs> spring is in the air. Yeah. You know what Voldemort loves? spring spring time spring. to attack harry <laughs> just a nice light rain yeah. sort of that humid <clears throat> misty air mm-hmm. the, who wants to fight in the snow not me not the dark lord nobody wants to fight in the snow the dark no. lord likes flowers it's it, well you know what and he is so heavily associated with snakes and snakes are reptiles and reptiles are cold-blooded meaning if so facto Voldemort loves spring. Voldemort loves spring and hibernates in the winter, probably. There you go. We've just used biology to figure out Voldemort's whole, uh, you know, <laughs> annual structure of attack. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that, that's, that, that's the real reason. That's the real reason. He's hibernating all <laughs> Voldemort's winter. Voldemort's cold-blooded. It's <laughs> really bad in the winter. Right, right. Really bad seasonal affective disorder. <laughs> oh, sad. Yeah. That's what seasonal affective disorder is. It's not, yeah. I don't feel bad for Voldemort. I yeah. was just, <laughs> I was just given the acronym. Right. Yeah. yeah. Sad. Just, gotcha. just to be absolutely crystal clear. Yeah. Anyway, Jason, moving on from that topic, we can we can have a quick transition. Boom. So last weekend uh, was Labor Day weekend. Labor Day. It, does anybody else confuse Labor Day Memorial Day weekend? Oh. Like they end cap the summer. Yeah. Like is this nonstop? A, yeah. Always. Like, yeah, like, like you, we could have had Memorial <clears throat> Day weekend last, last week or it could have been Labor Day weekend. Yeah. It, uh, you'd both. think, because I'm married to a teacher, that this would be, like, normally Labor Day is, like, the often marks the beginning of the school year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that right. I would just have this locked and loaded, but I don't. Yeah. Like, like seriously, bi- one of my biggest weaknesses, Ben, 
calendars. Cal- Ooh, yeah. that's surprising to me. Yeah. Because you're such a particularly organized person. You'd think I'd be better at it. And once upon a time when I worked at the concert venue, I had like, like you know, you lived by the calendar. Like, what show is this week? And it, 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 there was like this very routine pattern to like, okay, it's Thursday. We're sending out a pre-sale today. And then Friday, everything will go on Saturday. Everything's going to go on the website. And then tonight we'll have an event. And, you know, it was like you had to know what everything was. And for like a while, like... I did. I had it all mapped out. I could tell you all the time when Fridays were especially. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then it was very easy to work around the other dates, you know. But, yeah, since then, no. Calendars, I can't do it. I'm not good at them. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, this is – I mean, I'm, I'm also like you. I mean, I'm, I'm – I, but I'm not organized – on my and like on the best of days <laughs> anyway um but like i've never been able to figure out like you know cat here in office will go over to c- her computer and like her for one like her inbox on her email has nothing whereas like mine has like many it has many mm-hmm. things man mine is always um, so cluttered because i'm constantly bidding on like pokemon cards i'm trying to like lowball tons of pokemon cards on like ebay yeah and so like i'll just go through like often there'll be like I'm, I'm trying to get the gold energy cards because oh, yeah. those are like timeless. You can always use energy cards. You got to use them all the time. Right. If you get like 12 of each, you're just done. You just have your energy cards and they look great in every deck forever. It's so, a quality investment. Yeah. They like typically the only thing that seems to like affect the price of golden energy cards on eBay is what decks are most popular at the moment. So what I'm trying to do right now is like while metal and fire and leaf all sort of suck. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. like go ahead and scoop those up but i'm still not willing to spend like that much on it so i'll just spend i'll i'll put in like nine to ten dollar bids on stuff like four days out and just hope at maybe no one notices sure and sure. like you know what every now and then i like i hit it <laughs> but i'll go through like once a week and just sort of be like okay and i'll make like five or six bids of 10 bucks thinking most of them will fail which they do and then ebay will notify you all the time as soon as someone outbids you or something and it's just like the half my email inbox is just this notifications just just ebay saying yeah. like hey you've been outbid basically yeah. or yeah we've received your bid or you won or pay now right right yeah. <clears throat> well so and that, that so this is my problem though, anyway. so like take, take all that information you know email lack of you know organization and folders and stuff like that and then apply that to my calendar where i have like six calendars many of which i feel like i've accidentally created or like at some point in time i was like oh i'm gonna finally learn how to make an aquariums based calendar just for my aquarium related appointments and such and then it's like everything just sort of falls under the same like purple color you know like yeah like everything on my calendar is just purple and so like nothing it's like are these supposed to be different when or everything's like, purple nothing is are other people being notified of my haircuts on thursday <laughs> like you know i got i'm like oh man i don't even know what i'm doing with this uh so i should probably just go and like take like a uh like a skillshare course or something like that i'm like how to <laughs> how to calendars yeah. guys guys today's episode is brought to you by lynda.com did you know they'll teach you about calendars yeah. How did, the, did you know day there's like 30 days in like every month for the most part except for one? Approximately. Approximately. There's also 31 <clears throat> and some. Yeah, yeah. But, the, but in all the days that have 31, there's also 30 days. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. See, this is the sort of things you learn at calendar school. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is why I need to go. <laughs> exactly. See? I, you see? I don't have it down. I don't have it down. But I'm so good at, I think, <clears throat> well, I don't even know if I'm good at fooling people, but um, I have like, I, here at the office, we have like this TV that is like our, our like public calendar for everybody so that like we know like if we do have like a brand deal or like 
like what video goes up or is this like a J versus Ben week or, you know, all the rest of that stuff. Um, and so I have the same one at my house. And so when, whenever people come over and, and there is like the like Ben haircut on Thursday at like nine 30, um, it's, it's I do think it gives the illusion that I have my my stuff together. Yeah. Which I don't. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. I'll know. stop assuming that. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You're yeah. welcome. I, wanna be, I just want to be crystal clear about how much my stuff is together, which is to say, not at all. Not at all. Not right. At it's all. just scattered. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so we Labor start, Day. Labor Day or Memorial Day. No, it's <laughs> Labor Day. Um this was a this was a interesting weekend. I thought you had a very good note uh, in, oh, okay. in our show notes, the way that you phrase this. Um, <coughs> hang on. Let's see here. Uh, having fun is a lot of work sometimes. Boy, it sure is. Yeah. You yeah. know, it, it It sure is. Um, <laughs> this, this is... This happens to me, and I think that I'm, like, especially, especially guilty of this particular thing, uh, which is that, like, just about wherever I go on vacation or, like, when we go to, like, tailgating, which we're going to be doing this weekend at Virginia Tech football game, yep. <laughs> um, I, I have, like this yearning desire to make sure that I have just absolutely everything that I want once I get there. So like I'll bring like this massive setup of materials and supplies and toys and games and, you know, like inflatables and I don't know, whatever. And, you know, like you get to, you can get to like a tailgate for example. And like you're there for three hours before the game starts or I'm sure plenty of people right now, like going get there three hours before the game. Like I'm there right now. <laughs> yeah. It's not for two days. Not for two days, bro. I got my trailer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, all set up and everything. But so like, you know, I would, I would roll up cause we used to have season tickets. So, like roll up at like a tech game and it'd be like, all right, three hours till game time. Let's start setting up. And that would involve like setting up the tailgating tent and bringing out like multitudes of tables and generators and like a crock pot and a grill. And right. You know, like, <laughs> like how much can we cram into these three hours? Exactly. Yeah, know, yeah. Yeah. It's like, get the cornhole <clears throat> boards out. Let's set up a game of cube. Like, you know, we're going to have just anything you could ever think. Have you come to our tailgate <coughs> for, for approximately three hours to, you know, an hour and 30 minutes. We've got, we've got it all. Yeah. I've got like margarita machines before right yeah you know just just like the whole nine and then like immediately what happens is is that it's like all right guys time to get all of our stuff together for game time who's ready to go and then i'm like frantically like all shoving it into the back of my truck like yeah oh man now we got to pack up and i'm like oh someone gonna steal my generators like i probably should have brought a bike lock and you know of course i don't have one so then right I'm like, you know i don't know and, and it ends up being like just this like total frantic thing because then even on the beginning and end of the day i spend you yeah. know, two hours like loading, yeah, the car. loading everything up, then unloading everything. It's like, yeah, there's this definite disparity between like the amount of time you have to tailgate versus the amount of stuff you brought to tailgate. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, you're right. Like, it's, it's, it doesn't feel unlikely that we've brought like a weekend's worth of fun to a three hour activity. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, it feels wrong not to have each and every one of those things right at these events. Like, I feel like I, I'm going to be like letting myself down by not bringing them. So yeah, it's like, well, I've got them. Like I mean, I have these cornhole boards specifically for tailgating and we're going tailgating. So I'm bringing them. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And, and so same thing last weekend we're, we're doing like labor day weekend and we get there and it's like, you know, we've, I, I have like the, the boat that I was gifted by our grandfather. And, uh, as a result, you know, naturally I have like lots of things that the boat, can pull that we get to use like, you know, three times a year. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, so you get there and I remember like we woke up the first morning and me and you and dad went out into like the driveway and we're just out there for, 
probably a good like two hours just literally inflating stuff. Yeah. You know, and then I think throughout the course of the weekend, we ended up not using probably 60% of those objects. Yeah. Yeah. There was, I know we did this big yellow, um, like drag behind the boat, uh, duck, which I was so excited about. And then, yeah, like, no, we never ended up using it, I know. which was a bummer. I know because like, we've got this whole, I was like, this is going to be so perfect. Like we have like the duck in a cup thing. Like, you know, we're, we're so into like our, yeah. our, our duck thing. And there, it was like the first time we ever got to fill it up, and it looked awesome. It's got like sunglasses, <coughs> like baked into its face. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a party duck. Mm-hmm. It is a party duck. Yeah, and I was, I, I mean, like I think Dad too was also like I think he thought it was cool. He was like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, you know, and like, and then we just never got to go and use it. And so then the weekend ends, and you find yourself in that position of like, oh man, now it's all down by the water, and I have to. It's right. all wet, and I need to deflate it and walk it up a hill right and, and it's like then it's like because it's wet it's like you have to pack it right now because you are about to leave but the fact that it's wet means that when you get home it's not just that you're gonna have to unload it so you're gonna have to like unload it unfold it let it dry refold it then store it yeah yeah <clears throat> which is pretty much exactly yeah what, what happened you know it's like if you go under like my pergola space at my house in my backyard i've just got like everything like draped over it so mm-hmm. it's like it looks like a little you know carnival <coughs> of inflatables yeah. back there but um yeah so it's it's a lot it's a lot of work to have fun yeah yeah it's just this like it's like you're going to the lake and you've got a boat and you want to do the things you're going to do with the boat and you're going to be hanging out down by the water but then it's like you know it's like you want to be so prepared for all that fun and then you've also just got stuff like not stuff you've got like kids <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, you know it's like all the, every child in our family is under five years old, which means that like even though like I'm pretty comfortable with Luke being in the water with his little swimmies, and even the twins are pretty good at like swimming around and stuff. It's like you can't just you can't just be like yeah, all right, just go jump in the lake and like I'm gonna sit here and read and not pay attention to you. Exactly, you know it's like yeah. like you definitely need active eyes on every child who's within five feet of the water. <laughs> yeah, pretty much at all yeah. times and always. Yeah, so that's. That, and this is this is my worry and concern is that uh, like I'm going to have like brought all of the necessary stuff when they were too young to properly use it. I'm going to become jaded in mm-hmm. my ways because I'm going to be like, you know what? Every year I bring all this stuff and none of it ever gets used. None now, of it ever gets now used. Now I'm done with it and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show up at the lake in like eight years when they're all like, I want to go tubing. And it'd be like, well, too bad. All I brought was a book. Yeah, that's right. Just jump in the water. All right. <laughs> Have fun. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> that was good enough for you five years ago. Right. <laughs> Couldn't even get you to do that though. Yeah. Oh man! So I had such a tiny r- moment like this yesterday. Oh man! Yeah, I mean, this is the most like non. Uh, it's like it's only lightly comparable, but it like it was so frustrating to me. But um, oftentimes, if Beth has had like an exceptionally like stressful or busy day at the house, and she doesn't want, she's not like making dinner or anything. She'll just you know I'll pick something up on the way home. And there's always this moment when I get to wherever I'm picking up food from, where I have to get out of the car. And I'm like, normally all you do is walk in, pick up the bag, walk right back out. Uh-huh. Right. But, uh, sometimes you have to wait for the food. And so every time I park, I like look down at my phone and I'm like, do I want to go through the process of like unhooking this up from the car, putting it in my pocket? Cause then when I get back in, I'm going to do this whole thing again, which is also just a minor inconvenience anyway. Sure. But <clears throat> and I'm like, 
But if I just leave it in here, it'll be so much faster. And whatever, then I'm like, should I leave it in the car? What if someone steals it? I'm like, no one's going to steal your phone out of your car while you're gone for 30 seconds. What are you afraid of here? But so anyway, every time I always end up bringing my phone in case like I have to wait for the food and I just want to like look at my phone or something. And it's always just right there. And then I have to go through the whole hassle of replugging everything in and finding a spot for everything. Yesterday, of course, the first time I'm like, you know what? It never happens. I'm leaving my phone in the car. Get in there. To wait for like 10 minutes. Like, oh, <laughs> so man. annoying. Of course. Cool. Of course, it's always the one time. That's the rule. That's the rule. You know, it's like there's no such thing as being prepared because the only time it's going to happen is when you're not. It's exactly like when you're waiting yeah. on somebody to show up and you're yeah. waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. You finally pull your phone out to call them and then they come like rolling into the parking lot and you're like, you're like yep. Nah, of course. Yep. Yep. Just yep. just yep. noticeable difference. Popcorn culture is supported by Arena Club. Okay, so you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like even in our office, we have not one but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But some Thing I did not know existed when I was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting. You know, to me, it was just like a rare Charizard is a rare Charizard. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip. Turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded, it can add huge value. And then not only that, but once they're graded, they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab. And that's where Arena Club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack, but it's for a pre-graded card. Now, I know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform, which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see. But you can also request them to be sent to you at any time. So they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do. But whether you're buying, selling, trading or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out. And right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash pop pop, which wow, that is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's like $40 right there. Anyway, that's arenaclub.com slash pop pop for 10% off your first purchase. Popcorn Culture is sponsored by Shopify. Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile, and it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a 
Fancy way of saying, it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so uh, in other news, though, you have some other big stuff that's happening in your family life right now, speaking of them, uh, which is that Luke and Nick and Nate have all started preschool. They have all started preschool. So <clears throat> Luke, has uh, he's been doing preschool for like a little while now, but it's always been um, like two or three days a week. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and... So this year, um, he or this fall, I guess he is like officially starting his like five days a week going to preschool for still just like two hours in the morning, or right? Something so it's not like a super long um, trip every single day. So there's that, and then the twins are starting for their first time. They're only going two days a week, and thankfully it's like you know all the exact same time and same place and stuff like that. So you just drop them all off. Just drop them all off. Drop one, them all off. One fell swoop. One fell swoop. Yeah, very good. So Beth's gonna get some like free mornings here. So good for her. Oh That's man, I bet, I, bet, like, I bet this is like a huge like like yeah, oh man, huge level up for her about <laughs> free time in the day. So That's all cool. But um, it's like it's been like I feel like I keep having this weird like like emotional response specifically to Luke going to like a five day a week school situation. It's like he's been going to preschool for a while. So like, you know, it's like, oh, it's your first day of preschool. Like, oh, my God, it's so exciting and stuff. It's like he's going back. It's like, yeah, you've been to preschool before. Like, OK, cool. Good. Right, and yeah. You know the drill for the most part. But like the fact that it's five days a week and like this week, like because it's like the day so we got for Labor Day and they're like the first day was orientation and like then. So really, it's just like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So the first week's just been three days. OK. You know, next week we the first five days in a row that he goes and it's like it's I feel like I'm having this weird like emotional reaction to it, not because like, oh, he's like old enough to go to school, but because like you're like you'll be there five days a week and that's like regular school. And it's like that to me feels so much like like is this is like the the first week of how things will be until you're 18, you know? Oh my gosh, I know. Yeah, and that's it's like it's so interesting. Like at some point in time, this will have been his reality for so much longer. Yeah, than it than it wasn't. And it, yeah, and it's like I I don't. It's like it's preschool, so and it's only two hours, so you know mostly all they do is like 
you know, practice handwriting or coloring or going, you know, some of that's, you know, going to the gym and playing in recess or whatever. Right. Yeah, or like course. eating a snack. So it's like most uh, for the most part, it's just playing, you know, right. for, you know, it's like constructive playing, I suppose. So it's not it's not really like school or anything. And it's like you want your, you know, like. I like I think ideal parent situation is that your kids are just like they really enjoy going to school and they do all their work and they excel and they get good grades. Right. Right. Like that's that that's, you know, pie in the sky. That's but that's no child's relationship with I don't I mean, maybe not like but plenty of kids do very good at school. I mean, then and excel and get good grades and stuff. Sure. But like sure. I, I mean we even did like <clears throat> reasonably yeah. fine. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we were pretty good students as well. But like, I feel like when I look back, especially at like high school, middle school, it's just like I, I often feel like it was like what like it was so much work. Like I don't like fondly remember going to school in the morning or something like there were plenty of really good things. Like obviously like all the extracurriculars we did, like cross country and soccer and swimming and basketball and yeah, all that all, stuff, all like the all stuff. the stuff around it is good. But like the act of going, it's like such a slog and all the homework. And I'm just like, like. I like I like right now I will say that all three of them have been so great about it like they they walk in they're excited they come home Luke has been like so like happy coming home from school every day and I'm like I'm so I'm so happy that he's happy to be going and I feel like I'm having this internal argument with myself but like no but like school is boring and not fun and like like I I'm encouraging him to be happy about something that I actively know was not going to be fun. <laughs> you, oh, I see you know? what you're saying. Yeah, that's that that is an interesting one where yeah. where it's kind of like like he do you feel like it's almost like you were not properly like preparing him. It's like Oh no, you're under this illusion that school is like a yeah. ridiculously fun like, thing. I'm but like, like I'm it's like, gonna hit you like a ton of bricks one I, day. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, am I like trying to sell you on this idea that school is fun? Like on a like I, which feels like I'm selling you a lie. You know? Sure. <laughs> which like right now, it's not a lie. You know, that's true. It's just you know, and it it's very gradually grows into where it's mostly just work and study and homework and stuff. And, you know, like even like kindergarten, first grade or, you know, second grade, not really that bad. Here's the thing. <laughs> or though, anything. I've always been curious if this is like a known part of the psychology <clears throat> of like of how to communicate the growing responsibilities that you have as like a student, whether it's elementary school, middle school, high school or whatever. But like every single year of my life growing up going to school like when you were in kindergarten like the teacher would say like when you're in first grade next year they are not going to allow stuff like this okay okay you know then you get to first grade and they're like when you get to second grade no way if your name and date's not in the top right corner of this they're just gonna throw it right in the trash you know and it was just like it was like every year and then like you you know you get to you get to high school and they sort of keep, like talk about like you know what like when you get in college like this is not gonna fly and like when you get in college like when you get in your 202 classes you know all the way up and then you're you're finally at like at the precipice of education you're like in your your capstone course and even then the teachers i feel like were like out in the real world this is not going to be okay and it's like <laughs> then you get to the real world and it's like once you get to the real world you kind of feel like you realize like everybody's a little bit making it up as they go yeah you know and it's kind of like oh Huh. Yeah. Or maybe it's just my, my experience and everybody else got to the real world and was like, whoa. I've seen like a bunch of TikToks about this where like it also be like me in engineering school and to be like the professor being like, I'm sorry, you didn't provide all of these proofs here and all of your theorems here and all of these equations like you need to show all your work. And it's like, yeah, but like I, 
all of that, like, I, oh, these are all correct because this. And it'd be like, I'm afraid this is like garbage. And then it'll be like cut to like me and my engineering job now. And it'd be like, yeah, I put all these proofs and equations and like all the things. They're like, yeah, okay, that's, that's um, it's kind of a lot of extra work. It's this is fine. Just yeah, thanks. But yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like at some point in time, it yeah, every, like everything changes and you get out of the um, like like theoretical world and into the right. It's it's a, such a weird thing. It's like you, I, it's like you should know all the things that are allowing you to do the things. Like you need to know all the stuff behind it. But it's like also if you when you, once you know all that stuff and then you can just use it to just know, then it's like I don't I, yeah I don't know. Right. No. Well, this is an interesting one too because like I I call it toxic idealism. Toxic is like, idealism is, is like my my <laughs> phrase for this. And it's like I think that toxic idealism is like a real thing because people will will sort of like mount arguments. And they're like like it's almost as if like in a perfect world this is like what things would be like um and they they sort of like compare and contrast reality with like this idea of perfection and i feel like it is so much more acceptable than like literally the exact same thing when applied to like an individual which is comparing yourself to being a perfect version yeah of yourself mm-hmm. which is to say like you know largely not <coughs> attainable and you know to to fault yourself for not being perfect like nobody will ever fault you for that right if that makes sense yeah um but then but then i do think that this is like the case like with the engineering student who's got like the professor that's going through there and it's like well in an ideal world you would prove all of your work by this and this and this and this and it's like yeah but it's not Yeah, it's not an ideal world, and that's not going to be needed in the real world. So, right, and I don't mean for that to sound pessimistic or anything like that. Like it's like it's not so it's not a doom and gloom type of sentiment. It's just like I I do think that this this happens a little bit. Like we all have so much time, maybe at this point, to like think about what perfect would look like and then being upset that it's not like that and i'm like we don't apply those same standards to ourselves in fact we encourage not applying those standards to ourselves right and probably there's something to be said for like taking that same logic and then applying it to everything yeah yeah okay so this is i've been i was sort of going down one of the yeah i've I've thought about this before where like i feel like there is this like weird association with the idea of being like cynical or pessimistic and also being like a realist versus being like optimistic and being naive. Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yep. Right. Like, like as if this is the, like those are the only options. Either you can be like negative about anything because you're so real about it, or you can be like bright about everything because you just don't know. Right. You know, yeah. Like the, the, the only real options are like be like, accept the world as it is and be unhappy or falsely believe things are better than they are because you're not being realistic about it. Right. And the thing is, is that you you don't, you can't probably even be absolutely either of those yeah. two camps in the same way that like people, this happens all the time with extroverts versus introverts where people are like, well, I'm an introvert. So, and it's like an introvert can still go out with their friends and have a great time and, and source energy from that experience but it might mean that like there are other circumstances where it weighs on them more yeah yeah i mean yeah to me yeah the difference between introverts and extroverts has nothing it's like it's all just about yeah where you get energy right from and it's just like it doesn't mean introverts don't like going to parties it just means it's going to wear them out whereas if they stayed at home they might feel energized sure but that doesn't mean they don't enjoy going out (laughs) yeah exactly yeah Yeah, to the party yeah yeah, right right it's like that, that that's i feel like that's um, wrong but so anyway i feel like i feel like those are i feel like that 
often it seems to be like the presented or like the accepted view. And I'm just, I, I just don't like think cynical or naive, like cynical or naive. And I'm just like, like, I don't see like, I, and when I think about it, I'm like, I, I just don't accept that. Like, I think it is extremely possible to be like an optimistic realist. Sure. You know, yeah. like I, I feel like I feel like that's how I would describe myself. Like I normally just assume things like I like my belief is that things are gonna work out, things are gonna be okay, like this is gonna be good. But I also feel like I I don't like just ignore the reality of things. I feel like I normally have a pretty good grasp of how things are and like I still think it's, I don't know. <laughs> no, that, it, it's definitely true. And, and like, cause I would say that, let's see, what would be, what would be how I am? It, like maybe, I don't even know. Optimistically cynical. Is Op- that, is that at all possible? Like, I, I feel like I tend to not think like doom and gloom, but I also do think everything is going to go wrong if that makes sense, like I, where I tend to think like, um, if something seems a little bad that all you're seeing is like the tip of the iceberg and there's like a lot bad below it. Like you and I were talking about like an email exchange that had happened right before we got on the pop today. And I think your reaction was like, it's just a misunderstanding. Like it's going to be fine. Like it's no big deal. And I was like, I don't know. We should probably restructure everything. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I think it's probably time to like, like move some massive levers. And, and so like, obviously this is one of those where it's like, um, it's, it's a question I keep asking myself lately, which is like, we've talked about the, the idea before that like, um, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of how to like phrase it here. Um, it's kind of like, are you ever actually completely in the right? Like, because you're at the center of your own universe, but like meaning that from your perspective, you're typically in the right because right. that's that. that should, I mean, I can't even people who are doing things that others might largely agree to be wrong are typically operating under the assumption that they're doing the right thing, right. even there's, if what they're doing is awful. Right. There's very few Voldemorts out there who are like, I'm doing this because it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, nobody uh, or not nobody, but I would be willing <coughs> to bet that there is a very small percentage of people who are knowingly doing the wrong things. Right. Um, And so it's kind of like the thought that you could be the villain of someone else's story. That was like one of those, like, like there is probably somebody from high school who, uh, for me, there is like, you know, like a girl in high school who like our family would know, like left a, like a little bit of like a scar on me, you know, in terms of just like was very difficult and like, you know, was just, I don't know, caused a lot of basic trust issues at that age and stuff like that. And so it's like, from my perspective, it's like, she was like the villain of like my high school love life or whatever. But it's also like, am I the villain of someone else's high school love life? Like, like, is there like a family somewhere, somewhere who's like, Oh my gosh. Then when that Carlin kid showed up, right. Yeah. Right. (laughs) It's like, it's like, I I do. I think I do know who you're talking about. And it's like, yeah, this person, like all of my memories are like, she, she made your life very difficult, but like, I believe in present day, she's just like, you know, married and has a kid and is doing okay. And it's just like, of course. Yeah. It's like, I'm sure she has a group of friends and they're all just like, yeah, you're great. And it's just like, yeah, no one, no one in her family is going to think like, yeah, you were like, I don't know, like you're a bad person. It's like the people, you I know, it's for, like, that's not true. Worth, for what it's worth, I do not think she's a bad person. Yeah. But like, no, I, it is one of those things where it's like, there, there, 
and, and this is like one where I think it has taken me time to realize this, but it is one of those where it's like, she is, she is just sort <coughs> of like, like permanently locked into my brain as the person she was in high school. Right. But then like, there's also the part of me, it's like, well, I would hate it if anybody held me to who I was in high school. I like, do. I do this. You know, like, like I've grown up. I've grown up since then. You know? I know. Like, I've learned lessons. Like, I know. I, I, <laughs> I feel like I do this all the time. I'm like, like in my brain, I'm like that, like as if this is how like people still remember me or like if I ran into someone like it'd be, we may as well just be right back there in like 11th grade or something. That would be the, that would be the continued social structure between us. Yes. Yeah, 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 exactly. Whatever, whatever our relationship was is then is how we probably would act now. And it's like, that's not true. It's like, I like, I, it's like the problem is that on the occasions where I've run into people, who were from high school. It's like that immediately breaks down as soon as you say hello. And it's just like, Oh yeah. What, what are you doing now? How, how's life or whatever. But it's like, it doesn't stop me from operating day to day as if that still might be true. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. I forget how we got here, but the question that I, that I keep asking myself though. Yeah. Is, is situations like this where it's like, um, so like me and you having the argument or not an argument it was just us talking about this like email and like you saying like it's miscommunication, me thinking it's like a deep seated problem. It's like there's it's like it is entirely possible that you are like 78 percent correct and I am 22 percent correct. Right. Yeah. It's not yeah. like it's not like someone's. 100% correct and the other one's dead wrong. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it's like there's a like whenever a disagreement happens, it's like there's a little bit of substance to both sides no matter what. Right. Like someone might be like like obviously more in the generally accepted code of ethics morally right column, but like the other person has a reason for like what has like led them to yeah what they're thinking what they're or thinking. their interpretation a- exactly yeah, yeah yeah so it's like it's like well there there could be like there could be a, a little bit so probably what it comes down to is it's like this is probably one of those where i think you're 78 percent right and i think i'm 22 percent right and that probably means that like everything's okay and it's just a miscommunication <laughs> <laughs> sure for the most part yeah 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 but it's like i mean you know it all just comes down to yeah what your own personal experiences are like i and you know i just um I feel like so often, I, I don't know. Then it's just like a way that it's like, is it how you constantly interact with the world? Because like, this is almost always my like assumption, like out of the gate is like, it, it's probably okay. And then like, I always, I pretty much always operate under that assumption out of the gate. And like, I don't know if it's like, because I treat stuff like that, it ends up being okay. Whereas if like, if you treat stuff like this is probably the worst and then you go and interact with the problem and it's like, then it becomes bad or, you know, like, I don't, I don't know if it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy sort of thing. Yeah. I'm finding myself walking into the exact mental trap that we have literally just discussed, which is to say that like, I think that I fear the worst all the time because in my mind, worst case scenario was being like potentially blindsided by a situation. Mm -hmm. And so I am, and and it's funny because like, as we were discussing it and like just sort of in the ether, it's sort of like, Oh yes. Like I can logically see why all this makes sense. But like my actual chief concern is that I will have been naive to a, to a problem Mm -hmm. that will then blindside me. Right. And so you're, you're absolutely correct. Like may, and so maybe in some capacity, it's like, it's like my brain is like forcing me to be cynical because that is what gives me the ability to like, preemptively have thought this could be a problem right um i've actually and it's funny too because it's almost like it's almost like if i think of a worst case scenario and then it happens that's bad but also 
it would mean I was right. You know, and <laughs> but it's, it's like, still bad. But it's still bad. It's no, the big short. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's a big short. But it's uh, like I've literally thought about this before with because um, we're going, you know, we're going to a Virginia Tech football game this weekend. And I have literally when it comes to the Hoagies, because they let me down all the time. Oh, my I gosh. Have, don't even get me started, man. It's only one weekend and we're already just in the pits. They, yeah, they've already they've already done exactly what the Hokies do. But so yeah. I, I like I have literally thought this before when it comes to Hokie football, which is that just bet against them every single time because then at the very least if they lose i'll win the bet <laughs> and it's almost like it's worth it to me if they win to have just lost the money to lost the money you know it's like right it's like oh yeah i'll put i'll put ten dollars against my own team because then at the very least if they lose then i then then i win right but also like if they win and i only spent ten dollars for that it's like worth it yeah but but it's funny because this i is, think this is my problem is that i always go for game you know i'm like i'm not i'm not here for the for the countering i'm here to win this moment like the best case scenario is that you bet on the hokies to win and then they do and, and then, then you also have then, win the bet and then you win the bet and the game and you're happy in every direction right right, right. yeah so you're, yeah. you're just like chips, not, a, chips yeah. across the table yeah. um which makes total sense with the other conversation that we're having in the background at the exact same time which is yeah. which is literally that like i i think that i expect bad scenarios because if i expect them then at least i was right about the situation and but then you still have to deal with the bad scenario then you have to deal with the bad scenario and you have to deal with like and this is where like exactly the other thing you said is like is it does it become a self-fulfilling prophecy where it's almost like you think something bad is coming so then whenever the edges of the conversation like find their way to the surface or being spoken aloud that you orient the conversation in such a way that nudges it in that direction mm-hmm. as well. It's right. Like all these like very subtle, like borderline subliminal, like moments that could be happening. Right. Like you're like, because in your mind, your desire to be right is outweighing the negative of the outcome. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. See, I would. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. I can see, I can see that being a thing too. And I would say that like, for the most part, like I, like I, like if I assume like things are probably just going to work out right or like it, it probably isn't as bad as you think like I am often aware of what like the worst case scenario would be but I just don't think it's likely sure so it's like even if it happens like I would be caught off guard and it would be bad and I would have been wrong about my interpretation but in the meantime I wouldn't have suffered <laughs> and, and that's the thing yeah, yeah. And, and like Newt's commander has like a uh, oh like yes. such a good like in my experience worrying just means you suffer twice yeah and I remember hearing that quote and I was like I'm gonna take that to heart and that's gonna be that my should new be your word. tattoo I, I know right yeah <laughs> worrying just means you suffer twice just put that right here on my wrist right worrying means just I don't hate that idea that's not a bad one Newt's such a good character Newt, Newt is a fantastic yeah. character um but it, but it but it's true like this is the problem is that like I fear the blind side so much that like my mind will work in overdrive so that I am prepared for that inevitable negative outcome. Like, like I can start like problem solving beyond like, okay, like let's, let's think worst case scenario here. And it's like, and if that happens then like, what will I have to do? Okay. So like, then I'll, then I'll be able to like do this and that and this and that and this and that. But the problem is because I'm applying this exact same like logic to just every aspect of my life all the time. Mm-hmm. It means that my mind is like mentally solving problems that never come to fruition. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, but then you're just 
bogged down right by but it. then you just spend yeah a lot of energy working yeah. on that yeah it's yeah. just it's like my little eeyore cloud yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> little, little dark thing floating above me all the time all right welcome to poo and eeyore <laughs> <laughs> you are wearing a red t-shirt i am so. yeah it's a, yeah. i see thestrals so i guess that means i've seen someone die today <laughs> I not guess today. so. I have not seen some. I do not wish to see someone die. That would be bad. Yeah. Not good. <laughs> good save. Yeah, good, good save. save. <laughs> all right. I don't know how we got back onto Harry Potter all of a sudden. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, you know what? We we were talking about the lake. Let's let's circle back to the lake. Okay. We'll circle back. Okay. I was thinking about this this past weekend. Um, you and I got to do some water skiing while what? we were at the lake. We did get to do yeah. some water skiing, which I, I had an interesting, like tiny breakthrough this morning as like as small as I like, hold on to your thought, please. Cause I don't want to derail it. But, um, this was one of those things I was talking to, um, Alice is back in the gym. And so both of us were talking to our trainer, Gabriel, and we were talking about like, um, the, the, like having a boat or whatever. And, and I guess maybe he didn't know that like we actually have one or, or whatever. He's like, Oh my gosh, don't get a boat. Like worst decision ever. Like it's just going to like bog you down. It's so much work. And I was like, well, I've got one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's one of those funny things where, um, I know that Gabriel's relationship with like fitness has been in some capacity, like inspired by having watched like the, like Arnold Schwarzenegger movie movies or, um, Sylvester gosh, Stallone, Sylvester Stallone, like yeah. a lot of like that era, uh, just sort of like what it meant to be like like fit and cool and like you know like I think that like a lot of those like th- not to say I mean there's not like obvious extreme health reasons beyond also being fit that are like his his larger priorities but like I know that like those have been like inspirational images and characters and stuff for him that like help motivate him as he's yeah. like exercising and stuff Which, like that interestingly I feel like his actual workout philosophy is like not even about looking massive it's It's very much about like just like staying healthy and like active movement for longevity longevity. yeah Yeah. it's so true no yeah yeah, you're you're 100 correct um but so as we were talking about it this morning and and talking about like the boat and stuff and water skiing i was like you know i remember growing up watching our dad do this and like thinking that that was like the epitome of cool yeah and so like it was almost like little gear sliding into place in my brain was like that's I think like a huge portion of like what I've been trying to accomplish all this time. Like I knew dad got to grow up going to the lake on the same very boat that like yeah, we yeah. have today, this boat, you know, doing, doing these things. And I remember like thinking he was so cool doing like all of like the water skiing stuff that he, that like as we were like small children, you know, like admiring that and, and, and like that becoming this beacon of like, Ooh, that's what it means to be cool. And now as an adult, it's like my brain has never like let go of that. It was almost just like a marker that got placed. And it's like now as an adult, I need to become good at water skiing because that is what it means to be cool. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, this is interesting. Yep. <laughs> it's a, it a deep dive into my own brain. <laughs> so anyway, we, we went water skiing. Do you think us. parents have an influence on their children? Hmm, <laughs> it seems so. It seems so. <laughs> yeah. Um, no pressure or anything. <laughs> yeah, right. No big deal. Whatever, whatever, whatever. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. But yeah, so last weekend we went water skiing. Yeah. You, you started. We went water skiing and I was visited by... Uh, so like one, if anyone who's ever done water skiing knows that the actual hardest part is just standing up out of the water. Yeah. It's yeah. just, just get, just like you're sitting in the water, skis, but skis on your feet, rope in your hands. You yeah. got to yell, go when the you person yell, floors go. it and right. you feel like you got hit by a truck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if you fall. 
Uh, so this was as I was thinking about it, though, I was like, I this is this is my this is my hot take this week. I think everyone should have to learn how to water ski. Ooh, everyone. <laughs> I, well, I mean, I love it. I love it. But why? <laughs> but why? Here's why, Ben. Because there's no like training wheels for water skiing, right? Like they're like I'm. That's not even true. There <laughs> are technically there are, and we own them. But they are, yeah. They're, pff, boy, the, we still own the skis. I learned to water ski on. They're called Hobie Cats, and they've got like a little wooden connector that holds the skis together, so your feet don't like you know. Like, we, we, like they can't they can't like spread or yeah. even go forward and back like french fries or pizza right it like is you, like you've got yeah you've got your locked skis so you you have the thing to stand on that's about all they can do like you can kind of go side to side you're not going to be doing anything fancy on the hobie cats but they're great for learning anyway though even with them even with them even with them the fact of the matter is there's no way to get out of the water and up on the skis unless that boat is flooring it yeah and there's also no way <laughs> Like the every like the learning process, I feel like is something just everyone should have to go through because there's no way to learn to water ski that isn't really difficult the first time. Yeah, right. Like there's there's no way around. Like you got to jump in the water next to the boat, and you're going to be a little bit cold because the water's cold, and like the boat is going to be like idling and you're going to have that like motor smell like yeah. wafting around you like there's and you're going to oh, have to oh. put the skis in you have to put the skis on in the water and it's like they're they they want to float and you don't want them to float you're and also you're going to have to try and adjust the rubber things and they're not going to work under the water yeah and like yeah you're you're very by yourself in the experience like you're out there yeah. on the boat full of people and like you know your friends and family are all there and they're all like you know cheering you on like rooting like you know best best support system imaginable but you're still you know 30 40 feet behind the boat by yourself yeah in the cold water struggling and struggling and you're and you're about especially especially if it's like the first time you're ever doing it yeah which this would be because it's you're learning to water ski because you're learning to water ski and so like yeah like you know you have to be out there and at some point in time you know you like you will yell to the driver like hit it like yeah go and that means like the full force of this boat is about to like, like lunge yeah, you lunge you out of there's no like okay well, can we go slow and it's like no you cannot go slow right because there's it doesn't no work that there's way. no it's not like snow skiing where you can be like let me just pizza down the bunny hill it's like there's no bunny hill for water skiing you have to be going fast to get out of the water yeah you have to get jerked out of the water by the boat and the build up to it especially your first time like if i get in the water now it's no problem putting the skis on it's no problem grabbing the rope like none of that is like hard anymore but the first time you do it it's not fun like you're in the water and you're cold and you're bobbing around and the skis are floating around from you and they're like you know, you got you to get the rope and then you're trying to like work your way to get the, the, the line between the skis and then you're nervous to say go, but of course you have to because that's why you're there and you say it and yeah, the boat is going to take off and you're going to have to hold on tight yep. and like do and like, everyone's giving you a thousand pieces of advice and all you can think is that this is oh, I'm going to fall. I'm going to fall. And you know what? You're going to fall. <laughs> like, it's true. Yeah. I've never seen anyone get up their first time on water skis. <laughs> right. Just just like whoop, whoop, but and that you know what's going to happen then you're going to have to do it all over again because those skis are coming right off. <laughs> oh, yeah. Total yard sale every time. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but the good news is though, is that it's like when you get up, it's like, it's, it's like reaching the top of a mountain. Yes. Except like the thing is, is that like the first few times are going to be difficult. You probably aren't going to be successful on your first few times. And it's probably going to take a little bit of like gumption just to even 
be willing to try it a handful of times yes. because you're going to have to go through this entire process by yourself in the cold water each time. Um, that being said, though, it's like when you get up and you realize you can do it, it's like things start clicking into place so fast. And then yeah. it's like literally the very next time you're not going to struggle as much to get up at all because nope. it's like you know what it feels like now to stand. Yeah. And it's like, you know, everything just starts to like it starts to like fit together. And and it's so true that you say it like this because like I know that it's an experience that I have I I remember when I was a kid going for the first time and I remember just I remember at this age the pure terror that I had associated with doing this. And it wasn't just me doing it. This would be like if you were out there behind the boat. Like I was like crying into mom's lap as a small <laughs> child because I was like, Jonathan is going to hurt himself out there. And like, and this is not okay. And we're, are we just going to watch this happen? And like, you know, it was like my, I was like, just, I, I was so like scared on your behalf mm-hmm. to think that like, that like, I don't know if it was the same day or maybe it was like the next year or something like that, that I would be the one in the water getting ready to do it was like, there was nothing that was going to get me to do that. And so I mean, I remember mom had to bribe me with, 10 Reese's cups. Yeah. That was like the deal. Mm-hmm. So I got to go to the store and get 10, 10 bars of candy yeah. in exchange for, for giving it an, an honest go. Um, but what that meant for me as a kid. And I think even like sort of like the relationship that I had with overcoming my fears yeah. is so much more that's involved with with exactly what we're talking about right now to me than it is like me trying to tell you like oh if you can water ski you'll be cool it's like that it's really not it it's just a good example of a situation where you can see something that could be scary you can have the opportunity to overcome that fear and then also gain the additional confidence that comes from yeah overcoming a fear exactly because it's like at the end of the like i mean it it might take you a few tries to get up. There's no doubt. Yeah. Like I've seen people go out there and fall time and time again. But the thing is, like you learn so much every single time the boat pulls you. I think and I feel like we've also tried to teach everyone on the boat that we have now and it has functioned at varying levels of um optimal efficiency. Yeah. Over, even this past weekend. <laughs> I mean it's it's forty seven years old. Yeah. It's not like, you know, it's definitely not uh primo yeah by any stretch of the imagination but like here's the thing you can water ski you can do it and so proud of you in advance i'm so proud of you in advance just for being in the water and putting those skis on but you can do it but i it's like like the act of learning to water ski i feel like it's such a good like yeah you can do like because it's so uncomfortable and because like there's no there's no like training wheels really yeah like i mean you could even if you have the other skis whatever you're still going to get pulled by the boat (laughs) right that's true like yeah the the environmental circumstances are always going to be what they're going to be yeah like that's all going to happen and like but but you can do it it's not like it is hard but it's certainly not too hard Yeah. yeah yeah and i think going through all that struggle and getting up and realizing like oh seeing the top of the mountain is like I just feel like everyone should have to learn to water ski. Yeah, I like yeah, it. I like it. Have, so maybe yeah. at Castle Con, what we'll do is in the moat. Yeah, we'll just have a boat that's just that's just doing laps. I'm so glad you mentioned moats, Ben. Okay, uh, do you you listed a list of thought provoking questions in the last uh, pop that we did. Uh huh. And I was looking at them today, and one of them stuck out to me, and it said, "How is a moat filled with water?" And I was like, "How is a moat filled with water?" <laughs> It's a very good question. Like, where did the water come from? Or, or like, how did they go about building 
like a large stone structure on land that was so adjacent to water that it was able to support the massive heavy stone structure. Exactly. Like, are you, because like a lot of times you think of a moat, it's like, yeah, this is like a river that you man-made built between your castle and other people. So either you're right next to the water or you had to, because they didn't have, like, I don't think they had like hoses, right? Probably. No, no Not yeah. in castle time. Not in castle time. I it, think it, I'm imagining some sort of like aqueduct system. I think I think that's probably a reasonable conclusion is yeah. some type of like aqueduct windmill water mill or some kind of um, uh, like I, I suppose there's probably a circumstance where there could be natural groundwater that could be like tapped into mm. kind of like in the same way like like naturally formed like uh, like ponds typically have like a clay liner okay and so it's kind of like it's I call it a liner but it's the ground but it is like impervious enough that it is able to like you know hold water right um alternatively i could see a scenario where like if you if you have enough manpower to dig the moat then if there is like a nearby like creek you got a lot of buckets <laughs> yeah yeah like uh, like a nearby creek <clears throat> i have a feeling you could probably redirect the creek and have it pour into mm-hmm. the moat mm-hmm. which would then i mean that's how so the very lake we were out at last weekend is a man-made lake and basically what they did was they sort of just like turned on a garden hose they turned on a garden hose yeah and they just they just filled it for like a few days and <laughs> we have a lake um no. no they they like the river flows into like this one particular area there was one obvious place you could put a dam once the dam was there the water just basically rises until at that point in time you know you yeah, don't have and you let out the water at your own discretion to make power for everyone <laughs> exactly that's how lakes work yeah uh man-made lakes lakes at least um but yeah, that's I mean, that's that's largely what I would have to imagine is that like it's 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 not not clever like it is. It's people who are being smart with the environmental resources. I suppose if you have the money to build and live in a castle on these times, you probably have the resources to hire someone who knows how to fill a moat. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, pot- potentially and probably. Mm-hmm. Although, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I feel like uh, over the past several years, when um Alice and I were traveling to Puerto Rico. Yeah, we, um, yeah, it's a place. There is a very early base that was built in um, San Juan that has these like, I mean, they are like seventy-five foot stone walls that are just like sheer, you know. And I'm like, how? Like this has been here since you know the year fifteen. 22 i yeah. think because i think they were still cel- here still here and it's but that means they were celebrating you know their 500 year anniversary of this fort and it's like that means that in 1522 they were they were building this like this is impressive no let it yeah don't you can't let anything slow you down i know i know i mean anyway i just as far like, as they I'm, were concerned like the future is now that's true that's true yeah. that's true like like let's let's do the thing nobody's ever done before yeah we continue to do that to this day Indeed. things like water skiing yeah <laughs> being tugged behind a boat anyway that's my best explanation as to how a moat is filled i my suspicion is that there are no circumstances where anybody has ever like filled it with like buckets or just like slowly yeah. like took water from one place you like say a, that but then you watch those like youtube videos where it's like a guy building like, uh, a, swimming like, a, pool. like a swimming pool out of 
the dirt that he found and you know and it's just like that's what he does <laughs> he just goes and gets a cup and walks to the river and walks back until he filled up the whole thing those make the best viral videos except i and i'm sure that anybody who's listening has seen at least one of them once ever but usually it seems like some area that, that could be like a potential like third world country or something like that and they're like literally using um sticks and like handmade pots and stuff to like dig the holes and like carve in all these features and then literally like carrying water from one location into the other so that you have like a clear pool of water that they can like then swim around and stuff and it's like this is amazing like i would love to travel here and swim in that pool except for the fact that there is no filtration in those things yeah meaning it's like all that work to get the shot and then like that's it right yeah you know it's like like now that water's gross like yeah like that i mean that water will not last more than like like maybe five to seven days before like it becomes like infested with like mosquito larvae or something right so it's like mm. yeah it's cool you did that <laughs> i know yeah it's just it's just like there's not a whole lot of like longevity to it but maybe this is like the way that like third world countries and stuff have figured out how to like interact with social media it's like hey this is a great revenue source for us <laughs> we'll just get all those viral views boom bam that's it we yeah let's go make another one <laughs> even bigger this time Anyway, guys, as ever, thank you so much for tuning in. If you have any feedback for the show, you can send it on over to uh, popcornculturepod at gmail.com. Um, as we said at the beginning of the episode, we have so many updates going on uh, over at Patreon. If you would like to get in on the Q3 uh, merch, which is going to be a commemorative challenge coin um, that I do think that uh, comes with uh, just a little extra intrigue, mm. if you will. Mm. You know, you just have to look carefully at it. Yeah. Um, that is available at patreon.com slash popcorn culture and will be available up until the last day of the month of September, which I'm trying to remember. That's 30 days in September. So September 30th. Yeah. Uh, as long as you sign up between now and then, you will be eligible for that challenge coin. Uh, again, patreon.com slash popcorn culture. But otherwise, until next time. Pop, pop. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.